0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt, your host. With me this week are my fantastic co-hosts and co-conspirators in this crazy thing we do. uh, Liz Harper, the EIC of the site, and Joe Perez, the backbone of all of our video and audio efforts. How y'all
1: doing?
2: Howdy! It is a week, but I am here. (laughs) It's been a while since we've had Prospector Matt. (laughs) It's been a while.
1: I mean, being from Texas, I'm just obligated to to answer everything with howdy.
0: It's really funny. My my Latin professor in college was from Texas, and when he was doing the plural "u" in Latin, he mm. would go "y'all," and that's where <laughs> I got it from. And he he used to he used to speak Latin with a Texas accent. And when he get upset, <laughs> so, he would speak with more of a Texas accent. So when he was in the Vatican, he was talking to an to a a, a cardinal from the, you know, when he was in the, the actually looking at the Vatican museum. And at one point he and the Cardinal had started talking and the Cardinal at one point turned to him and said, wait a minute, what language are we speaking? Cause they were speaking Latin. The Cardinal <laughs> knew so many languages. He didn't remember which one he was speaking. And that the accent was what threw him. So told him, wait a minute, no, that's Latin. He shouldn't have said that word like that. <laughs> but anyway, getting on to, we got a busy week. So we're just going to kind of move into like all this stuff that is going on. Liz generally writes a nice overview of all of it. So, Hearthstone first because I'm terrible at remembering Hearthstone, but I did remember Hearthstone this week. I did. You mention did. You this. did. Uh, we've got the Maw and Disorder mini set, which is 35 new cards. Um, I, it's it's basically Sylvanas on trial. Um, Am I tried? I mean,
1: it's it's a law and order spoof. The whole thing is a law and order spoof. It's you know, okay, you have jailers, kind of the judge, and Sylvanas is on trial, but it's like. It's all an excuse to make a big Law & Order joke set, except it's Maw and Disorder.
0: I'm just hoping that you get the chong chong every time a card gets played.
1: <laughs> that would be great. I haven't logged on and gotten the set yet, but that would be that would be perfect.
0: Uh, so we also got patch Two Twenty Four Point Four, which was the, the one that actually has the mercenaries changes and stuff? Or, or uh, Yeah.
1: Uh, well, every they always release a patch right before the mini set in that Technically, the patch includes all the mini set stuff, but uh, it's never just one thing with Hearthstone. You know, Hearthstone is like 28 games in a trench coat. And so every Hearthstone patch is like 28 games in a trench coat as well. It is such so, a really
2: good way to put it.
1: Yeah. D- but it's like the only thing that's really been hyped is the mini set. But there are also like a dozen new mercenaries. Uh, Sylvanas is coming back to the battlegrounds. She had been out of rotation for a while. Um, and I think the most interesting thing is there is a change where low-ranked players playing ranked games will face up against AI opponents rather than other players. Um, I'm reading this as that if you're low-ranked in Hearthstone, like me, I'm terrible, um, then you will f- then you're more likely to come up against an AI than an, uh, a human opponent, and if you do that, you may be more likely to actually win some of those early matches to help you get into the game and figure out how to play and maybe get better. I don't know. I've been playing Hearthstone for a long time. I don't know if I'm much better than I was on day one, but here we are. Uh, so, And also Hearthstone currently has a weekly quest, which is win five ranked matches. If you're not a really good Hearthstone player, if you don't have a really good deck, that can be really hard and time-consuming. Well, maybe not hard, you'll get it eventually, but it can be really time-consuming. So I think this is really interesting, and this was buried, this was like at the end of like 5,000 words of patch notes. This was just right there at the bottom. And I, I think that could be a really big, really interesting change well then um
0: interesting i don't know a lot about it but i do think the mmr change is interesting because blizzard does a lot of games with an mmr system of one kind or another uh you know matchmaking is a big deal for several blizzard games at this point it's all oh, games it's overwatch's general, too, whole right? thing yeah but it's overwatch's whole thing it's a big part of world of warcraft pvp uh so that's interesting and something to watch for to see how it, it works in future games um I, I'm going to skip for a second to Diablo Immortal instead of talking yeah. about Wrath, just because yeah, yeah, yeah. you were talking about how they, they buried that at the end of a long post. And yesterday, <laughs> yeah. Diablo Immortal put out a post that was like everything in it was buried at the end of a long post because the post was <laughs> enormous. It's like, oh, yeah, we're doing this new co- we're doing this new patch. and It's going to have a bunch of new content, like an entirely new system for warbands. Uh, and like i'm like what and then they're like oh and by the way we're completely changing how how often you can actually get the uh the uh, legendary crests for you know if you want to run elder rifts for gear instead of getting like three in a month you can now get six in a month and it's like what like that's good but it's not good enough guys and also it was really buried down oh in the really patch notes. really, I wonder- really buried.
1: I wonder how many people even realize this is in the game because it was so hidden in the patch notes. Yeah, it, it was.
0: And that wasn't even it. Like the, the entire change to war bands was like kind of buried too. And the fact that there's like a, there the change to war bands includes a new system where you're like conquering this outpost, the silent monastery thing. And you might actually get to turn it into your guild housing type situation, your war band home.
1: That's I, it's a castle. Cyan Yeah, like something
0: that. like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, y-
1: you're going to get to turn it into your headquarters. Like and what? You put that back here. I, I should, I should add in for people who aren't familiar with Diablo immortal, that war bands are small, sort of like guilds. They have a maximum of eight players. So it gives it kind of a different dynamic. And yeah, you just go to this castle and you defeat the monsters, and it's like, okay, this is our house now. And if I'm understanding it correctly, there will be like different rooms in your new castle, and it's like the person who's assigned to each room gets different benefits.
2: So like, Diablo Immortal gets is- player housing before World of Warcraft.
1: Yes, yeah, and yes! that's the player yes! housing I was
0: trying to get them to do back in 2015. It's Remember, like, when I used I- to constantly say that that you should be able to take over a place after you beat up the monsters. Yeah, You yeah, just did yeah. that
1: uh so i keep looking at diablo immortal and i see all these great mmo features and i'm like i want this in warcraft right now let's take this feature and rip it out and put it in warcraft and that would be great
0: it's not like you're shy about taking features from diablo for (laughs) god's sake
2: hi transmog
1: hi Uh,
0: hi transmog hi world quests hi you know geez just steal this too (laughs) mythic plus dungeons are calling they have affixes now yeah (laughs) right there do that
1: I, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's get this in Warcraft because it sounds amazing, fun, interactive. And one of the things I feel about Warcraft right now is guilds are kind of like a little tiny, itty bitty bit neglected. Like, I don't think we've itty gotten... Itty
0: bit. Have they done anything itty. for guilds in six years?
2: They ruined the guild um, pain. I mean, that that's something they did for guilds. They ruined it. It's two <laughs> guilds. They
0: did it two guilds, not four guilds. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, it's like... There have not been major changes to guilds in so many years, and there are so few tools for, like, organizing in-game. And, you know, if you want to run a guild, you practically, you know, you have to build up your own infrastructure to manage things. It's like there's nothing in-game to help you or support yeah. you in any way. Like, we, and, do all, uh, we, do,
2: we have to do all of our stuff through Discord. Almost all yeah, of it, exclusively. Well,
1: I mean, and, I mean, you get guilds with web pages, And, of course, like, we have... Uh, Joe and I are in a guild together, and our guild, you know, you put in an app to get into the guild, and of course that is through uh, our website, through Google Forms. And it's like, you can do that in the game. There is like a place you can advertise your guild, and you can take applications, I believe, but it's so non-granular. Like, the tools are so basic. These are tools straight out of the year 2000. And they've just never gotten the update and overhaul that they kind of need to be useful in a modern context. Uh, so, yeah, let's get some cool stuff for guilds in the game, like a castle we can take over and make our own and uh, hopefully decorate. That's totally what I want out of a castle.
0: I don't disagree. I think that that is a good idea, quite frankly. Um but yeah, that's so that's that's coming to Diablo Immortal. Uh, I already mentioned it's, the war, bound. and that's
1: live. That one's live today. Yeah,
0: so just, they just and they again, like almost everything in this post felt like it was buried after the you know, we're gonna make some changes, and then they just didn't tell it was just like boom, all this stuff hit you. It was really crazy. Um, But Diablo 2 as well has actually had uh, they've, they've the patch is already out, right? Or is it kind of coming till October 6th? I thought the patch is um, already out because Terror Zone's already out. Right?
1: Yeah, the patch is out, but um, you are correct. The latter season resets on October 6th.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start with explaining terror, terror uh, zones really fast. In Diablo 2 Resurrected, and just like in Diablo 2, there are acts that structure the game's story. Uh, much, much Diablo 3 did the same thing. Each act has zones in it, which are more like what you'd consider like a subzone. If you use World of Warcraft as an example, World of Warcraft zones are about the same size as act areas the sub-zones that are called zones in in uh, Diablo 2 are getting this kind of demon invasion type thing where every so often it'll you can sh- you sign up for this it does not automatically start in your your Diablo 2 playthrough but if you sign up for it instead of having to constantly farm say ball and mephisto and diablo to get certain drops to, and level yourself up because once you get done with the main story you're not going to even be close to level 99 not even close. So people are like having to farm and farm and farm to get to level 99. And then you get, you know, the proper gear they've put in the terror zones as a way to do something else. Whereas instead of going and farming the same boss 12 times, you can instead go into the terror zone. All the mobs vary in difficulty between two levels higher than you up to, for a boss, five levels higher than you, no matter what level you are, they're always higher level than you. And that way they, they're, they give more XP, but they're also more of a challenge to kill so if you're looking for a challenge if you're looking for something that isn't just farming the same three bosses over and over again now with terror zones you can do that and they they i think they spawn like once an hour
1: once Uh, an hour in a different zone out of a there are only certain zones they can spawn in but it's a lot of zones
0: Yeah, there's a list uh in the article we we put up and basically they rotate through all these different zones and you can you can go find the zone where they're doing it and just go fight a bunch of demons uh, and it's it's sort of their answer to what it, what the adventure mode did for Diablo three. Instead of doing that, they're just bringing this mechanic in to Diablo two. Joe, you played a lot of Diablo two back in the day. What do you think of the terror zones?
2: Uh, again, I think this is great, especially for the. Uh, we talked about this before, and I and this is something I will continue to say that I'm good with until they do something awful. <laughs> but. I really like the idea of having Diablo 2 be redone and having Diablo 2 remastered uh, being an ongoing thing where new things are added as they start cleaning stuff up to give players a better experience. I'm perfectly okay with this. Like, I think this is fantastic. I think it adds another dynamic that you have an option of participating with. Uh, It's not something you are forced to do. So that's always a good thing as well. So I'm all for it. Like, I think this is fantastic. This is exactly the type of stuff that I've been looking for.
0: All right. Uh, Please, do you have anything to add before we move on?
1: I mean, I just agree. It's the variety because all Diablo games get kind of samey after a while. You're going to smash the same demon's head over and over and over. They need spicing it up and giving you an option to do it or not do it. That's great.
0: I'm actually really interested to see how Diablo 2 is basically it's not a museum piece and never was, it's been getting developed. Like it was a live game from the moment it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and we're probably going to talk about that ag- again, because uh, we've got comments about wrath classic to, to do, but first I'm going to move to overwatch because this is the one that I know the least about, because I haven't been been keeping up with it as much, but I, from what I understand the things that you have listed here, uh, the overwatch credits last chance, which is basically the original, the older overwatch, loot box and so, currency it, system so the loot box I, is already gone but the currency is still there so they're getting rid of it Liz was saying, it's
1: it's more complicated than that this, it's is super complicated. this is a needlessly complicated thing they call it a credits last chance event but actually credits continue to exist in overwatch 2 and you can still use them but I believe the differentiator here is you may not be able to get the skins that are on sale now. They may go into the vault and you may not see them for a long time. You may not have the credits to buy them. We don't know. It's a mystery. So if you want, if you have credits, if you like the skins of the store, go buy the thing.
0: So that's happening up until the 2nd of October. Then the, the new game, Overwatch 2, launches on October 4th.
2: Um, I still have a hard time calling it a new game. I'm not even going to lie. It's,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's, it's, it's going to, it's like an expansion. It's like, wow, patch 10.0 will be. It's going to be, it kind of overhauls some stuff. It's not even going to be as big as a wow expansion. It's, it's doing some stuff, but it's, it's the same game. And Overwatch will just become Overwatch 2. It's kind of like a content patch that updates everything. It doesn't feel like a new game at all.
2: Which, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I wanted to ask this question to you guys, because I think I'm, I, I went back and I couldn't find it, and I, I don't know if I'm just like, this is a thing that happened in my brain and nowhere else, uh, but I thought when they announced Overwatch 2 all that while long while ago, they they flat out said that Overwatch 1 wasn't going to go away, that players could still continue to enjoy it. Do I, am I misremembering that?
1: That, is i i sort of recall that as well but i don't i couldn't find it if i went looking. that's what they said
0: when i was at blizzcon because i remember because i was literally sitting about a foot and a half away from the dude
2: and and now with this with the new launch they're basically like they're because they're doing the overhaul and the content update it's basically just overhauling the game so that it is only over the new version of overwatch and the old one is gone for good
1: yeah but i mean well you make that
0: you could argue it that way or you could argue that in fact it's just overwatch still it's not an entirely new game so yeah it didn't go anywhere i mean it's like being like saying you know when when wrath of the lich king came out a lot of the original azeroth you know you couldn't do next promise anymore because it was now it was in northrend or when cataclysm came out suddenly the world got changed but it was still world of warcraft it wasn't a new game i don't know it's it I'm really it's, baffled by what they're doing with this game, but I don't want to. I didn't want to complain, so I'm trying not to.
2: Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm I, not complaining. I'm just asking questions, right? Because like, there's a lot of this I just don't understand.
1: I mean, that's because it doesn't make a lot of sense, and their messaging has changed over the course of this time. Like originally, Overwatch 2, a big part of it was going to be PVE mode. Overwatch was getting this PVE stuff, and now that's not happening until next year. And we don't even have a date for when it's happening next year. And we don't know how it's going to be released. Is it going to be a one big purchase? And, or are we going to have to unlock it with a battle pass? There's no information.
2: And, and originally, I remember PvE being the big selling point of like, it was going to yeah. be the big launch thing that distinguished Overwatch 2 versus Overwatch 1. And I remember it like it was supposed to be like Overwatch 2 was going to be mainly PvE. And that PVP yep. was going to be, you know, Overwatch 1's territory. I, I don't know. Like, the other thing that really... Let's,
0: yeah, but let's be upfront here. That was a lot of people who aren't there anymore. Sure.
2: Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm curious because the other thing that they talked about doing was, like, making a whole new game engine for Overwatch 2, which seems to be gone now. So, like, I I, I, I don't know. I'm with Liz. Like, a lot of the messaging has changed, which allowable, right? Like, things happen. I get that. Yeah. But, like, the messaging I- has been so inconsistent.
1: Yeah, and of course they've had a lot of turnover in the team, which does not help when you're trying to get a consistent message out there. And uh, yeah, this feels like Overwatch maybe 1.2, 1.5, maybe. Uh, I would say it it feels to me like the Burning
0: Crusade of Overwatch.
1: Mm, Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they've changed team compositions. They're adding new heroes and revising old heroes. They're doing a lot of stuff, but it doesn't feel like a new game.
0: All right. At this point, I think I'm going to move us over back to wrath though. Wrath class. Um, well, oh, you got something I, else? Cause I, I, I just read the defense matrix thing, but I don't know how to explain it.
2: Cause I just read it.
1: Yeah. I don't, I mean, defense matrix I... is you, you got something. I,
2: I got this. Uh, so okay. def- defense, <laughs> defense matrix is their, their new attempt at trying to figure out a way to combat toxicity in, uh, overwatch, which has been a chief complaint since overwatch first released. Um, other games do it differently, whether they have an anti-cheat system or they have a reporting system where they actually have a review. Um, some folks that are are maybe old hands at the uh, player-driven uh, behavioral tribunals. Remember, uh, Riot used to do this with League of Legends before moving to a, a purely internal review process. Uh, but what they're doing is, with Overwatch 2 coming, they're trying to... Uh, put multiple systems in place to combat that toxic behavior and give players a better experience. It is a noble endeavor, but I, I have concerns. Um, the, there have the SMS project, which is an additional layer of security. Basically it's a uh, two layer authentication over SMS. Um, it basically makes it more difficult for people to, uh, get back into the game after they've been suspended because now you are tied to other data, uh, it's essentially trying to make sure that people don't get permanently banned and then create new accounts and get back in, which is the thing that happened. There was a whole big controversy a few years ago with a pro that that happened to. Um, they're trying to leverage machine learning and audio transcription. This is where I might have some comments. Uh, basically, what's going to wind up happening is they are going to um, they take some of the audio data from the in-game voice chat um, as well as limited recording and apply machine learning to make transcripts of that so that when a player is reported they can go back and take a look at it to see if there is a case of cheating or or disruptive text chat Um, they're trying to leverage multiple systems with the in-game reports uh, trying to use that machine learning to identify the behaviors as they're happening um, and move forward My only problem with that is if you've ever tried to dictate to your phone or your computer or any piece of software and have it transcribe what you're going to say, you understand that it doesn't always hit 100% accuracy. Now, I understand that they are also devoting a lot of money and time to it, so I'm curious how it's going to work, but I also don't know how that system is going to handle it because they're also still relying on players reporting this behavior to trigger the process uh, to sort of get up front. We've seen in the past systems like this where players have abused that reporting. Uh, We saw this when wow started doing it way back when Uh, we saw this in uh, heroes of the storm. We saw this in a bunch of other games uh, throughout the history of, of video game timelines where bad actors will leverage that system, that reporting to try to skew the data. Um, So I'm curious how that's going to work. And the other part of it is working on the first time user experience, uh, which is trying to figure out how to welcome players into the uh, basically the environment of Overwatch 2 uh, and allow them to give consistent feedback and help shepherd them along their way. It's an interesting, and there, there's more to it uh, than that, but that's sort of like the basic overhaul or the basic overview. It If it works, it'll be great. If it doesn't, it'll be interesting. There you go. That's the 30,000-foot <laughs> view of it.
0: All right. Uh, and then we'll therefore we'll jump over to wrath because as we pointed out wrath classic came out yesterday so today's been the first full day of people playing it um i honestly the fact that phase one for wrath is also starting like on october 6th which is like two days after overwatch 2 launches feels like somebody at blizzard just wants to try and stress stress test their whole network <laughs> let's see what happens um but yeah, phase phase one, which is Naxxramas, Eye of Eternity, the Obsidian Sanctum, and the Vault of Archivon raids will all go live. Uh, currently, like the original dungeons are already live. Uh, I had to write a post about dungeons today. I didn't have to. It was.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, you could have, could have, have not, it. but I I appreciate that you did it. It was a good post.
0: Uh, but my point is just that there are a lot of dungeons in, so in many. Wrath of the Lich King. I had not realized there were like sixteen of them. <laughs> and nine yeah, five, raids
2: f- five man content was or five person content was all the rage back then
0: yes yeah, so mm-hmm. 16 dungeons and nine raids but one of those raids doesn't necessarily count and will not necessarily be coming out in wrath classic because eight of those raids were the various wrath content raids one of them was Anixius lair got an 80 play an eight, a level 80 version and i don't know there's been no word on whether or not they're going to be bringing that that out Uh, well, I mean, I, I even asked on the forums and nobody has responded. Um, so yeah, don't know if that one's coming, but if it does come, quite frankly, it's still in Dustwallow Marsh. (laughs) It didn't move it to Northrend. It's just in Dustwallow Marsh. If you need to find it, just go to Dustwallow Marsh.
1: The problem, the problem I always had with Wrath Dungeons and I played in Wrath, I've done these dungeons. So I've probably done Wrath Dungeons more times than I've done any dungeons released since Wrath, because that was like, that was it. I was there, I was doing dungeons, and that was like the thing. Uh, But even I consistently get confused about where to find them, because Wrath had this thing where it would have a bunch of dungeons and raids all in the exact same place. Well, I think that's because of how popular
0: um, Ocean Down was. And uh, they actually did that twice in BC that I can think of. There was the hellfire ramparts type there right. were like three dungeons there plus a plus a boss like a, a raid boss and then ocean Dune had like three wings uh and i think and, that they, uh, they, they liked that and wanted to do it do it forward but they wanted to break it up a bit so you had utgard utgard keep where i'm positive that utgard pinnacle was going to be a raid i'm positive i read that somewhere <laughs> um and then there was uh, i think the eye of eternity which had nexus uh Nexus, Oculus, and then the Eye of Eternity Raid. Asjil narab the hardest dungeon to find the entrances <laughs> on in the history of World of Warcraft. Yep. I will not yeah. be taking questions at this time. <laughs> like, seriously, oh my god. Uh, but, you know, th- that one... With with Azdel Nerub and Ankatet, it was actually easier for me as a player to simply run Azjol Nerub and then just go into Ankatet directly from it. Because there was an entrance to Ankatet at the end of Azir Nerub. So I just that's what I did. Um I'm trying to think of like like what other ones had multiple like I don't think you can say that the like Draktharan Keep and Gold and Gundrak weren't no, those in the were same pretty... place. They were pretty far apart, yeah. but they felt thematically yeah. connected. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it was very, very far
1: Halls of Lightning and Halls of Stone. I mean, they're yeah, apart, right but in old it's, one. Like, it's like, okay, one's on the left and one's on the right. It, it, see, that's the problem I always have. Okay, which one's the left? Which one's the right? The I'm going to go left. Yeah. And then, oh, now I need to fly back to the right. The only reason
0: I ever remembered is because the flight point was closest to Halls of Lightning.
1: Ah. And
0: so if you went to Halls of Lightning from the from the flight point, that's just right there. It's right next to it. Whereas Halls of Stone are all the way over there.
2: I, I'm in Liz's camp. I'm not going to lie. Even with that tidbit, I'm going to forget.
0: Oh yeah, of course you're <laughs> right. Um But that, like, then they like th- they put out all those dungeons to start with. Like a bunch of dungeons first when the game launched. But then they put in a new dungeon alongside trial of the crusader. And they named that dungeon trial of the champion. <laughs> and they put the doors like kitty corner to each other. So the, do- no, the door is champ- on the
2: opposite side, isn't it?
0: No. Uh, the trial of the champion doors at three o'clock. And the trial of the Crusader doors at six o'clock. If this thing were a twelve-hour clock, so it's not exactly opposite. It's it's off to the to the right. I mean, the only way I could ever figure out which one was which was I always looked for the vendors, because the one that's the raid has the vendors, and the one that's not the raid is off on the on the corner and has nothing. Just that's this door in the corner. It's the only one you can go into on that side. But that's like they're named so close. We're going to go do trial. Which one? Uh, Crusader, the one with with like four different difficulty modes, <laughs> and then Ice Crown. They put in Ice Crown Citadel and three dungeons. But at least all three uh, yeah. dungeons, at least the entrance to all three dungeons was in the same room, so you just had to find that room.
1: Yeah, As that could have been worse. Terrible. They could have they could have put a maze of twisty little passages under Ice Crown Citadel that you yes. had to go down different ones. I mean, that could have been something they did, but they didn't. Thank goodness. Oh, I've got Ruby Sanctum.
2: Yeah, Ruby Sanctum. Uh,
1: those are those are reasonably easy to find, but the problem is they're like under Wormrest yeah. Temple, and they're you under, can't just yeah. like if you go into the temple looking for the dungeons because they're in Wormrest Temple. It's like no, there's no way down from here, and you'll wander around, wander yeah, around. Yeah, and they didn't
0: have that thing yet that put a little arrow up or down on the map. So you knew it was below you or above you. (laughs) So I I remember just going around and around and around in circles, like a madman just desperately trying to find it till I fell (laughs) off the side and luckily fell (laughs) off the side at the giant crack. So I died, but I died in front of the chamber with the raid so I could go get my corpse and then like, Oh, there's the raid.
1: I mean, I, I also wonder if that's part of the, like, it feels like the vanilla wow experience, the earlier game experience, like part of the charm maybe was not knowing your way around and having to go look for things and find things. And on one hand, I'll say yes. Like the exploration aspect is always fun, but it's like fun the first time. And it's not fun when I'm like trying to go back to, uh, uh, as Joel, the rub, am I saying that right? The, the, yeah, the spider probably. thing, the False spider enough. thing. <laughs> the and zone. I'm, I'm going back for the second time and I'm like running around in circles for 20 minutes because I can't find the end of the maze of twisty little passages.
0: (laughs) Or if you do find the end of it, it's the wrong dungeon.
1: (laughs) It's the wrong side. Yeah. You've gone to the wrong end. You need to go back to the other end and get lost five times on your way.
0: But I mean, I'll be upfront with you. I had that experience today because I started I was going to start playing WoW again. Uh, like full-time, like actually really get back into it to get ready for dragon flight. And so I was getting one of my alts who I'm going to, going to make my main through all the stuff to get up to uh Sarath Mortis. And so I'm doing the quest with, with Sylvanas, like where she's attacking Ardenweald. And I couldn't, like I got completely lost, couldn't find my way up to where <laughs> she was. And I kept having that guy flying and grab me and fly me back. And I'm like, no, stop <laughs> doing this. He's right there. I just have to get there somehow. So yeah, I, I was not loving that. I still don't like that aspect of World of Warcraft all these years later. But um, we actually, Ted did a really good post, basically covering like encounters people liked and don't like. We have a question about that too, though. So I'm gonna okay. re- save it for yeah. the questions because it's we got a half an hour and we can actually get to some questions. So
1: whoa, um, questions? <clears throat> what even are those?
0: Let's oh, find a out. A pile uh, of
2: secrets, throwing wine glass.
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: That's right. Joe has to do everything in the Dracula voice now. Um, (laughs) To to get into things, though, I'm going to tell you all that you can get us your questions by sending to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Or you can use our Discord. We've got two channels on Discord. One is for patrons uh, because you guys help us keep doing all this stuff and we really appreciate it uh the Patreon q and podcast questions channel for your questions uh got about four from there today so yay and uh there's also the q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons which is still appreciated we love you guys we're, we're just really loving people um ordinarily i force joe and liz to get into some kind of thing about this but i'm i have an eye appointment like in two days so i'm going to try and read these myself to Ooh. see how 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 good or bad oh, I can do oh, here. okay so here we go Emails and questions. This first one is from Ryerbread, a balanced druid from Adiash. Now that Wrath Classic is out, is there any any quest lines you recommend doing to the lore impact or just good story? Uh, Liz doesn't really care that much about lore, but I'm going to try and get her to answer this anyway because I am stubborn. Wrathgate. There we go. She's got a question. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Now tell them why.
1: Uh, I mean, Wrathgate was really... The first time you had like a big in, in-game in cinematic. Oh, yeah. You know, we didn't. And you're just wandering through the game world. You're working on this quest. And yeah, the quest seems really interesting and like a big storyline. And uh, yeah, today you're trundling along quest, 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 quest. And you get to the end of the quest chain and there's a cinematic and it's amazing. And you just you did not expect it because it had never happened before and it was it was a mind-blowing experience because you were given this like super awesome thing that was just wow no it was just like the first time you saw that sort of storytelling in uh World of Warcraft and it was uh of course the problem is now i've st- We've, we've all been playing Warcraft for a long time now. We're all used to the modern way of doing things. And even if you didn't know about that, now you know, because I just said it, because it's, you know, like 15 years old now, and it's not really a secret. Um, it's like, you can't go back and have that first experience. Yeah, that's true
0: enough. But I will also say that it's also the first time that we had something very similar to a scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't really have that kind of thing before where you would show up and like, kind of go into the city with a bunch of other people and experience like fighting through like this. It really felt like invading a city full of demons and monsters to get to, you know, they're and both the Horton Alliance had their own unique storylines inside of it, which was really, it was a first, it was something that we hadn't really seen before. So yeah, I
1: I honestly, I think that was was a really good one. Wasn't that later? Like you did. Like you did the quest line dragon blight. And then later there was the thing with going they, into yeah, under city. They, they sent yeah. you
0: literally from, from the end of the dragon Blade stuff. They sent you back to either North, either Orgrimmar or Stormwind. If you went to Stormwind, mm-hmm. you basically yeah, okay. brought Bolvar shield to, to Varian, who was like, uh, he started getting all, I hate the horde. Cause they killed my friend. Uh, and meanwhile, over on the uh, horde side, you'd show up and be like, yeah. So, uh Sorfang's kids dead and everything's messed up and yeah it, it's it's not good and sylvanas would then swan in and go oh, by the way i get kicked out of undercity
1: it's yeah. it's been a while it's been a while and i'm
0: yeah you can't even play it anymore of, in the real games so, oh yeah
1: i kind of don't want to go back into wrath classic and i kind of do want to go back into wrath classic because i have so many memories and i'd like to replay all of it but also, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to find the time.
0: Yeah, I, I've not been getting less sleep lately, quite frankly, and I don't need to get less.
1: And of course, I, I still need to play Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> How am I supposed to fit all this in? Do a busy day?
0: Yeah, it's, it, is not, it is not fair.
2: Just take the red pills. It's fine. Anyway, Joe. <laughs> uh, so Verdigris mentioned it in chat, but it was going to be my pick anyway, is the Crusader Britain brand, uh, uh, quest line, basically. It starts with the Tale of Valor. Um, and goes all the way through uh, the light within the darkness. And this is the one where the uh, Crusader Brad, who basically exists only in this moment, he exists for this quest line and nowhere else, um, but it follows the story of this Crusader who fought alongside Tyrion Fordring, uh, who finds out he is infected with the Plague of Undeath. Uh, to avoid spreading it further, he winds up go- disappearing into the mountains of Northrend, uh, where, you know, Tyrion sends the heroes to go find him. And then when we discover what happened to him, we go on this quest throughout all of these different zones, talking to all of these different NPCs, uh, trying to find a cure for him. And there's a lot of places you go, and there's a lot of people you talk with that just makes this really kind of broad, like, there's one where you talk about, you know, getting some stuff from the Emerald Nightmare and go to a Grovekeeper. Uh, you talk with Remulos. Uh, you talk to different aspects about it. You get a boon from Alexstraza. uh, You talk to the Naru, in particularly Adal. Um, and you you go through this whole large epic journey to save one Crusader. And it was just, in my opinion, one of the most well-done quests and one of the most well-done things, because it, not only was it just good, but it also opened up questions about the light, because at the end of it, uh, and mild spoilers for the quest that's been out I when whenever Wrath released, uh, whenever Northrun released, uh, was that he couldn't be saved. He the, the plague couldn't be cured, at least not at that time. And as a result, the only option was to raise him in the light and have the Naru carry him to the light, which is the first time we had ever, one, seen that happen, and two, we had always assumed that up until this point, the plague could be cured. Now now that Shadowlands is out, that's a little bit different, but back then, it, it put a lot of things in perspective for players and touted to the line between hope and despair really, really tightly. So one of the best quests available in Wrath of the Lich King, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, for the one I'm going to mention, uh, it's a it's a weird little one that I don't know if the Horde gets access to anything like it. And in fact, I'm pretty sure they don't. So maybe play Alliance just so you can pick this one up. In uh, Valgard when you get to Howling Fjord, there's a Draenei shaman who's like, I want to know, there's weird stuff about shamanism in this area. The spirits are all messed up. And as a shaman, it's very important to me that we go and figure this out. So he sends you to go forth into the area. But he's like, Wh- whatever you do, don't get too close if you go into the spirit world with this thing i'm giving you don't get too close to any of the lich king's minions because i don't know how they're going to affect it and you do well you can if you do you, you like when you're there you actually see the lich king wandering around the area and you can go up to him you shouldn't but you can't if you do he grabs you in this bubble of pure necromantic force and like comes up to you and he goes hmm I smell the sha I smell shaman magic on you. I was a shaman once. Now Arthas Menethil was never a shaman.
2: But Ner'zul, but Ner'zul was was. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's this neat little nod to the origin of the Lich King. And then he pops you like a grape <laughs> and you die horribly. And he just I assume he just saunters off. And then when you come back to to the shaman guy afterwards, if, if that's happening, he's like, What happened? I told you not to go near any of them. And you're like, Yeah, my bad. I just had to go see the Lich King. Sorry. It's it's a nice little quest. It's not it's not as good as the ones that that Joe or Liz are talking about. That doesn't have the huge feel to it. But I always liked it because it's just this quiet little moment of remembering these characters and this little thing about them. The fact that Nirzul, who so rarely gets mentioned when talking about the Lich King nowadays, actually gets a, a reminder to people. Yeah, no, I'm here too. It isn't all the blonde pretty boy. It's also the orc. I am also in here. So yeah, that that's that's one of the ones I really like. Anything else for you guys before we move on to the next one?
2: Yeah. Honestly, Wrath just in general marked an uptick in storytelling. Um, because like up until that point, like you had Vanilla, which was, for all of the good memories we have of it, was very disjointed in its storytelling. Um, Burning Crusade had a cohesive line uh, and started kind of, you know, trying to get to that level, but a lot of its stuff was still disjointed and done in pockets. Wrath was one of the first times where you had large storylines that felt all interconnected, even if you didn't see it right away and all of the zones kind of fed into the narrative. And it was sort of like the birthplace of what we have now throughout the expansions, where everything has sort of the the duality of storytelling and the undercurrents going, so there is no wrong answer here. Just all of the quests in wrath are, are there's good ones and and you know even you can avoid the poop quests, but you know whatever. <laughs> um, but it just it really did mark a a turn in storytelling and questing in general.
0: All right, uh, next one is from Kerfuffle. I'm pretty sure I'm getting that one right. Uh, Kerfuffle of Dracthul. Greetings, watchers. Uh, Reflecting on the reaction to polling for Cataclysm Classic, I keep returning to how differently uh, the EverQuest community conceptualizes their version of the experience. Progression servers, the framing is less about creating a museum piece and instead experiencing the release as current content. A new progression server opens periodically and players work together through the expansions as they are unlocked sometimes there are even rule sets or loot table changes for a variety for a variation of the experience while trying something different what would you think about something like that for warcraft uh thank you for your time kerfuffle i'm gonna just say up front i think that's what they're doing now I, i think they've certainly moved a lot closer to it um i don't i'm gonna let liz and joe talk but i think that that i'd say that they're at least that's somewhat of the approach now what do you guys think
1: Well, they've only done the one Season of Mastery. I do think Season of Mastery leans in this direction, but they've only done it once, and it was only with vanilla content. So I'm interested to see where they take Season of Mastery next. And if they will make, are they gonna make a Burning Crusade Season of Mastery? Are they gonna make a Wrath Season of Mastery? Are they going to make an everything Season of Mastery where you can play from vanilla all the way up to present day? maybe at a slightly accelerated pace because otherwise that's uh, a while. <laughs> and so yeah, they certainly have the, the germ of an idea. They have this little, this little bit of the first bit of an idea. And I'd like to see them continue it and do stuff like that.
2: Joe. I am very much in the same camp as Liz. Um, I think that they, the season of the mastery is going to essentially, I think, try to be their version of it. However, That said, depending on where they stop doing the classics, um, you know, if they if they go to Cataclysm Classic or if they don't, because at that point, the world completely changes. And part of the the push for classic servers was, you know, you can't go back to the old world anymore because of Cataclysm. um, I wouldn't mind seeing progression servers where players could, you know, periodically have everything rolled back to basics and play through everything again Um, because that's one of the, one of the things with MMOs and in particular, wow, probably more than almost any other MMO out there is we have 20 years of consistent building and running, right? Where the game hasn't really had to worry about refreshing itself or or starting over again, because every expansion marks something new and the game, keeps marching forward, at least for now. Um, But with classic, Like the idea of saying, okay, well, I've reached the end of where classic ends. We've done everything we can. I want to start clean again. And you, yeah, you could roll an alt, but it's not the same as, you know, starting over from like day one, quote unquote, even though it's not really day one, but whatever. Um, And then moving forward with your group of friends as you progress through, you know, the content, the questing and everything, and then go through the unlocks again and go through the major events again. Um, I think there is something to be said for maybe that in the future. So. I so I, guess I was
0: focusing more on the idea of that there are even rules or loot table changes for a variation of the experience. Uh, I think um, you're definitely seeing that with wrath classic mm-hmm. where they're, they're straight up, not bringing in things that were there before they're bringing in new stuff like the, the heroic plus dungeons. Oh, for sure. Uh, so I think there's kind of movement in that direction, but one of the things that just occurred to me as you guys were talking and I'm going to throw this at you guys and see what you think. Imagine if they started a entirely new server, a wrath classic and it's just one to sixty wrath, and but it starts there and it continually updates, goes to it goes to Burning Crusade, goes to Wrath, but those things aren't unlocked at first. So when you get to level 60, that's end game for a while. You play on that for like a few months, and then it segues in the next expansion, like Burning Crusade. You play that, you get to level 70, that's end game for a while. And then it segues in wrath and then you get to level 80 and you play it and that's end game for a while. And then they drop cataclysm and, and everybody has to suddenly have the completely new world and their, their, their stuff is different and they play cataclysm for a while until they get to level 90 or was it 85? I think it was 85. Uh, I forget. Whichever one it was, then you'd, you'd get miss a Pandaria and you'd everything, you know, and, and just go all the way through to, actually catching up to now because liz said something like that and i was thinking to myself what if they actually did that what if they did every wow expansion over the course of say like five years
1: like i mean i thought that was what we were talking about because that's what EverQuest. question yeah that's what progression servers are but and, and yeah yeah uh with,
0: with Kat- lord with- of the
1: rings lord of the rings online does that too they have uh and lord of the rings online has like about a million different expansions
0: yeah yeah it does <laughs> so that's, yes. Is that something you'd
1: actually want to play? I don't we- know, but it's it's really interesting. I think if they took it with a Season of Mastery approach and maybe tweaked it or at least sped it up a little bit, that could be really interesting. I also, I, I'm i not opposed to the idea of a Cataclysm classic. I think it's really, it's an interesting idea because like you were just saying, that they've changed Wrath. They've changed Wrath to keep the classic feel so it's not an authentic wrath server this is not what we got when we played wrath it's wrath but they're making it feel like a classic experience for example by not adding the group finder so you can't just click a button and just be in a group immediately you kind of you still have that social element that's a big part of the game like we had in vanilla and burning crusade um so what if we got a version of cataclysm that tried to keep the feeling of classic that didn't have its group finder that focused on social exper- experiences that maybe didn't update the talent trees the way they were updated. You know, what if that was the kind of overhaul we got with a Cataclysm classic? Would y'all play that?
0: I don't know, because I, I, the Cataclysm dungeons, they were really hard for me when I went, first went into them. Like When Cataclysm dropped, running mm-hmm. those dungeons was painful. They they were tuned in a way that was just, it was not pleasant. And the idea of adding, having to wait in like Orgrimmar for like four hours to get a freaking Grim Batal run. And then people drop out and I have to wait. Like if someone has to go back to Orgrimmar <laughs> and we have to wait to get the, it's like, oh my God, Grim batal's already yeah. a pain. Why are you doing this to me? world You know, World of Warcraft. So I, I don't I mean, know. that,
1: that kind of sounds like running Upper Blackrock Spire in vanilla.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think for now we're going to move on because there are other questions that I want to get to a couple of them if possible. Um, this one's from Easy Target, who's a longtime friend of the show. Hi, Watchers. What other ARPGs have you played other than the Diablo series? What a- ARPGs would you like to see? Dark Sun, uh, Easy Target, Grognar for Life. Um, which one of you wants
1: to go? I don't have an opinion here. I don't really play any other ARPGs <laughs> than Diablo. Joe? So,
0: hmm?
2: Uh, so Hades is up there uh, as far as ARPG roguelikes. Uh, it is a very, very good ARPG. I really like it um, there. I mean, we could talk about Grim Dawn, which is a game that most people forgot existed for a long time, uh, but is out there. One that I really enjoyed for a very, very long time that fell under everybody's radar as well was uh, Victor Vran, uh, which is essentially a vampire hunting, monster hunting ARPG. Um, which had a expansion that was completely a crossover with Motorhead, uh, which had Lemmy uh, doing your voiceover acting and was an NPC that you could interact with at the bar at the end of the world and had a very heavy metal theme with it, which I super enjoyed. Uh, also, Lloyd Kaufman was uh, an NPC. He was the bartender, which was absolutely wonderful. Uh, the Torchlight series, before they went off the deep end, is also really, really good. Uh, I have not played Torchlight 3 Uh, so I can't really speak to that one, but one and two, I really enjoyed. Uh, and then Warhammer chaos Bane owned my life for quite a while, uh, because it was, you know, all of the wonderful stuff of Warhammer fantasy in an ARPG format. And let me play as a dwarf, uh, dwarf slayer berserker, which super, super, super fun. Um, two other ones that I will throw out there as honorable mentions. Darksiders three was an air, uh no, sorry, the Darksiders dark Darksiders Genesis. Genesis. I it, wish I hadn't mentioned it because it was gonna be the one I talked about. Sorry, I'll let Matt talk about that one, but I enjoyed that one as well. And believe it or not, one that I enjoyed that I didn't think I was going to was the Minecraft Dungeons one. Um I played it on a lark at the beginning of the year because I literally had nothing else to play, and I was in this like this weird, like I don't know, whatever, and it showed up on Game Pass. And I was just like, whatever, I'll download it and play it. It's it cost me zero dollars. I'm already paying for the game pass. Let's let's give it a try. And it was surprisingly entertaining, Uh, you know, having actual structured Minecraft loot drops in a dungeon format. OK, I'll take it. All right. Those are all the RPGs that I've played and uh, some that I continue to play.
0: Matt. Well, I mean, there's the Path of Exile series, which I don't I think you kind of have to know about even yeah. if you don't like it. I've played both of those. Well, I've played one and two. I don't think I've... 2 hasn't actually really come out. I think I've played the, the beta for it. I'm not sure how that worked. But I know I've played Path of Exile 1, and I liked it okay. Uh, there's Walson, which I felt... I feel like Walson started to do what a lot of them do, and that it, it just it tried to be even more Diablo than yeah. Diablo. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like, guys, you, you sound like a dude cookie-monstering his way through a song. Um, Just, just relax a little bit. It doesn't... You don't have to... It feels like you're straining to get this game out and someone's knocking on the bathroom stall going, hey, how much longer are you going to be in there with Walson? i not saying Walson was bad because that metaphor sounded like I'm saying that, but it just it, there's a lot of uh, to it that I feel like it doesn't need to be there. And, and that's one of the reasons I was going to mention Darksiders Genesis, because Darksiders Genesis is one of the most surprisingly fun mm-hmm. and funny ARPGs I've played. Uh or the, fun, the the comedy is all in just in the character discussions. It's not the game itself. The game itself is not funny, but the the characters are funny. Strife and, and war are both funny in in the way that they interact. Um, and I don't I don't really like the Dark Sider series. Like I don't hate it. I don't like it. It's just there. Um, Dark three got really odd, and I'm not sure what it was going for. Um, but but you know, Dark Siders Genesis is actually it's really entertaining. It's really good. It's it. When when I wasn't playing Diablo three, it became like my go to ARPG. Um, there's also Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance and Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance two. And the Marvel series both, of
2: those versions too. Yeah, Marvel has a series those are
0: them. both uh, ARPGs and they're both really good. Um, I liked both of them. And of course, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we the whole point of this is not to talk about Diablo, but I really want to. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think in general, uh, the ARPG genres is one I like, and I've, I like playing stuff in it. But um, there is this unfortunate oh. tendency for everybody to try to do Diablo two over and over and over again. That's my problem with Torchlight yeah. to the point where they just recently hired David Brevik to be
2: well, considering that Torchlight was Torchlight. made by the people that were essentially Blizzard North. Yeah, I know. So,
0: But when you actually go and hire David Brevik to be your, your consultant on the new Torchlight thing, mm-hmm. at this point, you're just, you're taking the mask off, but that's fine. I think honestly, if at this point owning it would be better. Uh, and I think it would be interesting. I also feel like there was Hellgate London.
2: Hellgate London wasn't really an ARPG. It was a weird in-between of of like MMO plus ARPG plus traditional RPG first-person plus shooty-ish. first-person shooter. Uh, don't get yeah. me wrong. I loved Hellgate London. And I, I wish I was actually just thinking as we were talking about this, I was like, you know, it would be really great if they would bring back as a, uh, you know, uh, an ARPG instead of what they originally would. Hellgate London. Uh, <laughs> so, Yeah.
0: But yeah, I think that basically answers that. Um, we got five minutes. Do you guys think we can answer Trauma's question, or should we... I'm going to move on to this one, because I feel like we can do it relatively quickly. This one's from Gassel. If one spec or more specs was going to be removed from WoW, what spec should it be? Uh, Demon Hunter has proved it's reasonable to have only two specs for a class, and seems to result in well-focused class themes. Should we even have three DPS specs in one class? Uh, Feel free, you know, this is a topic feels like a topic that could folks could have opinions about and might drive engagement. My personal answer is that I think one of the rogue specs should go away or be converted to mid-range uh, throne damage. Arcane Mage should just be the spells that Fire and Frost share and not its own spec. And the Demonology Warlock should be made a melee DPS slash tank class. So I'm going to throw that out to you guys. My answer, by the way, it will surprise people. Uh, but
2: um and barbarians of the warrior class. Liz, no, that's not it. Liz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like with the triple DPS specs, you d- you do get some blurriness and rogue does feel like a particular one because it's like you have three different specs and they all do melee DPS. And okay, I don't I haven't seriously played a rogue in a while, but it's it, this is a hard thing to get differentiation on if you go to a glass like shaman you have a melee DPS spec, you have a magical ranged DPS spec, and you have a healing spec so each of those has a really clear definition. I don't think it's a problem to have three specs or as we see with druids, four but you really need to draw some lines uh, between them I think the bigger problem would be if you remove specs and you say okay everyone has two specs now, uh, that's going to be rough. That's that's going to be rough because you've got players that's like, oh, this is my spec. This is what I do. Um, I wonder if it would be something that would be easier to do with the new talent tree system because you could build it in a way where it's like, okay, we have feral druids and feral druids and guardian druids. You just take a path on this side that focuses on this. You take a path on this side that focuses on that. But now that they've already built the trees as they have with like solid focus on one spec, it. I think it's just hard to roll back. Joe?
2: So I personally think that uh, Drakthir are giving us a really good example of how you can make a variety to ranged class. Because I think Rogue is a really good example of melee and uh, all being... I don't want to say the same, because I know they play differently. um, But sort of uh, in the same way, like they're all doing melee damage, like Liz pointed out. Then you have... Let's do... um, Mages, they're all range DPS. That's all they do. It doesn't matter what spec you are. That's what they do. Um, Introducing a variation to that where maybe a melee class can be move out to a middle range and maybe a range class can move to a middle range gives you a little more. I want to say playing depth because that sounds redundant, but it changes it up enough that you have to play differently. That's one thing that playing around in the beta and the alpha with the direct fear. Uh, has really proven to me is that mid range is a completely different mindset. Like uh, playing a hunter for so long, being at long range, uh, I can mow things down before they even become a threat to me and Direct fear, regardless of how powerful they are right now, you can have stuff on you rather quickly. So it focuses more on your movement factor and, and, you know, utilizing your movement abilities in combination with your DPS. I think maybe doing that with some of the classes that have only one real function would vary things up a bit. Um, The other thing that I'm going to say might be an unpopular opinion, and I can hear at least one member of our guild, possibly two, will have very choice words for me. I wouldn't (laughs) mind uh, seeing Marksman remain a long-range spec for Hunters. Survival being melee and and short-range and then moving beast mastery to a middle range spec as you are like interacting with your you know your pet while you're in combat i would like to see something like that maybe for those classes to add more variety because usually my argument with uh all the hunter stuff before they introduced like melee hunters was it all feels the same right it's it was boring it didn't really matter what i played because i was using mostly the same skills or you know maybe a variation on there but i think Looking at that middle range as maybe a a place to explore with the classes and specs, I think it'd be fun.
1: Well, and uh, Matt mentioned the idea of a tanking warlock, and that's just really interesting. Um,
2: Take it back to its OG remember, roots, yeah,
1: yeah. Back in vanilla, you, I mean, it twin wasn't, amps, yeah.
2: or <laughs> it wasn't Leotharos. I, I mean, I've
1: seen. I, I had seen warlocks tank other raid bosses and it's like, you had to have your raid group on board with the idea, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. On but other. It
0: was actually, even the guilt yeah. didn't want to do it, had to do it.
1: Yeah. It was the, it was the mechanic you had to use. And so that's, it's an interesting concept to have a tanky warlock. And it would be interesting if you gave more, uh just give more specs variety, give rogue a ranged spec maybe, and focus on that. You know, there are all sorts of options. Um, And sometimes with those single role specs, you kind of get locked in. Like, particularly when it comes to, you know, queuing for stuff, it's like, okay, you are always going to have the longest queue, because you're pure DPS. Whereas you could go healer or tank, and you have really fast queues. And I know when I queue for things, every time I'm a healer, I just don't, I know how to use my DPS abilities, but I'm not going to bother. So just it's again, it's something that unlocks options and having more options is pretty great.
0: So here's the thing I'm gonna say that's gonna make people drop their pearls and gasp. Remove Fury Warrior.
2: You've said this before.
0: But also remove uh, outlaw slash combat rogues. Take Fury Warriors and Outlaw slash combat rogues and make them one guild, one class. Swashbuckler? Hmm. No. The class would still be the Barbarian, Joe. You knew I was coming here. <laughs> but the thing is, is that thematically speaking, Conan the Barbarian, who is the character who has inspired the fictional barbarian of video games and so forth, he's not like an actual barbarian person, you know, because that in and of itself is a, a Greek slur against people who weren't Greek. Um, it's the, the reason the Berber people are named the Berber people because Byzantine Greeks were calling them barbarians because they didn't speak Greek. It's racist. Um, so go ahead with the fictionalized version, but he was a thief. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people forget that he was a thief who who was just big and liked to hit things, but he was a thief. He snuck into places and stole things. So make that a character. You'd let people, you know, the, the combat slash outlaw rogue brings the single minded fury type gameplay that people want, but with, you know, combo points and so forth, it changes it up. It would allow for that sort of of combat ability, and it would even broaden it out with the ability to use different weapons. So it wasn't always the same kind of weapons. The the Fury Warrior aspect would be the two big weapons. It would mean that warriors no longer had that. They no longer used two two two-handed weapons. That would be something that the other new class did, and the warriors would basically all be about weapon discipline again, which is something that both arms and prot have in common. Now, do I like this idea? No, I actually don't. I like the warrior class as it is at this point. Um, I've thought about it a lot. And I don't think, I think the problem is, is that ultimately you guys are talking about how, you know, all three rogue specs and all three mage specs are basically doing the same thing. Even if they're doing it differently, it's still the exact same role. And that's the problem like arms warriors have like arms warriors and fury warriors are both still hitting things. Like what's the difference? There is a difference. It's mechanically different, but it isn't, you know in its heart it is still basically the same thing this is the same problem i have with with playing a priest or yeah sure discipline and holy are very different but it's still a healer you know and it still feels sometimes like you know why can't we actually have a tanking priest imagine if discipline was a tanking spec you could totally make it one make the bubble stuff all about like that's your cooldown now They'd have spells that gave them like divine resistance, so they don't need plate armor because they're literally just calling down the power of their gods to like you know stand up and, and stay in combat. There, there's a lot of room for stuff like I've always wanted the healing warrior. Like it's a joke, but at the same time, it would be really cool if I could just yell people back to health. Like, in all sincerity, they were giving battle reses out in this expansion in Dragonflight, and they gave it to the paladin. I'm like, no, give it to the warrior. The warrior would literally turn around and just yell, get up, you gold brick. And they'd get up because, you know, Oh, that was a very loud yell. It, it woke me, you know, from death. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> like I, I feel like there's room for more of this kind of exploration of stuff. There's room for more like fun to be had with specs. Um, I, I thought it was really a shame that survival kind of went from the, the Legion version of it, which was straight up just melee. And then they put bow stuff back into it. I was like, no, it should just be melee. Just just let it be melee. Don't make it a, a hybrid. Just let it be the spec for people who want to hit things with a stick. But have a dog. I want to have a dog <laughs> while I hit things with a stick. If if beast if like having survival is such a problem. In the hunter. Go ahead, throw that on the barbarian idea. That can be the third spec. You guys can all get rid of all these weird specs that that don't make sense in the class. Now you've got the dude who's got his own bear friend who sneaks into buildings and steal things and hits you with two giant axes. Perfect. Now I actually like the idea again. (laughs) We can call them the bear-having stick hitters.
1: Uh, but yeah. It's it's to the point. Yeah. But
0: in all sincerity, I don't necessarily want to Liz is completely right that you don't want to tell somebody who's been playing like, as an example, an arcane mage for like 10 years. Sorry. You know, your spec's gone. Hope you like, I hope you like frost. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do that to like, to anybody. Like imagine if paladins woke up one day and they didn't have ret anymore. Even if you like someone like Liz, who doesn't play rhett, it's still annoying to have like a major part of your class removed. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if, you, and, know, you might want to tr- pick it up someday and give it a shot and see if it's good.
1: Now, now and you there can't are those people. There are those people who play ret paladins. What, what do you do? If you say like, okay, ret paladins no longer exist. Have fun. It's you. You're denying someone their class fantasy that they've had, you know, for like 18 years now, potentially. Yeah. So it's, I don't think you can pull that thread.
0: Yeah. Joe, anything else before we move on? Nope. All right. I think that's going to cover it though. Cause we're kind of seven minutes over. So, I'm um, going to have Joe do his spiel and then I'll do the last thing if it's a roundup.
2: All right. Well, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ad free site experience.
0: Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, again, guys, if you have a question for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line. Uh, podcast or blizzard watch so we know it's for this show um because quite frankly at this point we're all tired and, and frantic frantic and frazzled <laughs> and i don't want to have to try and argue with joe over who gets what um it's just you know he comes up with these elaborate games of death where we have to go into a maze and there's people <laughs> lurking in the maze with masks and they come out and boo and you You told me screen.
1: you liked it
0: i like it but it's a lot of work It's just a lot of work joe
1: what y'all should do to see who gets which questions you should go down and try to find uh, as Narub and whoever finds it first, you get the question.
0: I want to see Joe again sometime, Liz. <laughs> either he's going to vanish forever or I'm going to vanish forever. And either way, I won't see him again. But yes, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Liz is coming up with like saw movie worthy, horrible things to do to us. <laughs> Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be here next week. I hope. I'm not going down to Azjal Narab. I'll tell you that much. Take care, everybody. You guys can say goodbye to
1: don't. I mean, now that you know that we've said this, I think we have to do it. We have to have like the race to Azjal absol- Narab, I think. No. There's no race to it. No. We've made such a big deal about it
2: what joe go ahead no 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 racing national i <laughs> i, I never worse. i never remember where the, the the hell that hole is i never do. i thought
0: he was gonna be like first you have to race the national narrow then you have to go to the oculus and figure out how to do the flying <laughs> thing and like and then what do you, like i trap myself in a, in a tatic home for a hundred years screaming montressor for the love of god montressor anyway this has been the blizzard watch podcast take it easy everybody